Blog Talk Radio. We are officially in the summer, Cole, and the sun's out, the guns are out, the barbecues are out, the keys are on, and it's free agency time for the NBA and the NHL. Yeah, I'm wearing a bikini right now. <laughs> I'm in studio. That's right. Special episode, Sunday in studio, Sunday studio. That's what they, they call it that. A mm-hmm. lot of people say that. Yeah. Well, hey, we got a great show this week because we're going to be joined by our friend Lyle Richardson of the Hockey News and BleacherReport.com to talk all about what's going on in the world of NHL hockey in the past day or two. And we're going to be joined by Max Kroos of SB Nation to discuss the blockbuster trade between the Houston Rockets and the Los Angeles Clippers that sent good old Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets, Cole. Yep, I'm pretty hungover. I'm really sunburnt. Um, not wearing any underwear. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm just, I'm in prime condition to do a podcast. That's right. That's right. Ready to go. Yeah. Well, on that note, buckle up, sit back in your seats because it's time for some coaching call. sound like it in the open there no underwear today huh going commando well no yeah i yeah. don't it's all in the laundry okay and i'm just i was too lazy to get it out of the dryer because i wasn't gonna i would have to like bend over and then my head would have just probably popped off my head of my body that doesn't make any sense <clears throat> oh from the pressure like going yeah. to your brain yeah they're going to your head i still have a pretty bad headache yeah. right now still pounding away <laughs> yeah you need an aspirin the size of a hockey puck. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well. Just shoot that right in my face. I don't even care. The hockey puck. Just yeah. knock me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what a, what a couple of days we've had in the wide world of winter sports. I know. You know, it's the middle of summer. And the only thing we're talking about is winter sports. Yeah. And, we yeah, we've got a ton to talk about. comes to NBA, NHL. They both started their free agency periods. For the 2017 season, I'm waiting on a call. You're still waiting by the phone. Yeah. Your agent hasn't uh, let you know of anything. No, he's put out a ton of feelers out there, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the feelers are out. <laughs> we haven't gotten any bikes. Well, you'll take a D League contract at this point. I'll take a G League. Remember? <laughs> a G League? They, yeah, they changed their name to the G League. They did? Yeah. <laughs> they did. Oh. Okay. I. Did not even know that. Is that true? No, yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't make that up. The G yeah. League. Yeah, it's now the G League. Mm. Not to be confused with the movie G League, uh, okay. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. What a classic that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was great. great movie. 
Everyone's favorite Ben Affleck movie. The G League. Well, you know what? Like, you know, that's just... I remember when the NBA was trying to clean up their act and made everybody... You know, they did the dress code thing. Yeah, which and, and, everyone abides by. Right. But they... He's eating a muffin. I'm just eating a muffin over here. <laughs> he's literally eating a muffin. Um, but I remember when they made him, like, clean up their act, they had to wear the suit and tie and all mm-hmm. that. And... uh they 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 kind of like didn't want them wearing headbands and all this kind of stuff, but now they're gonna call their developmental league the G League. Oh, you think it's like gangster? Like gangster, like old old G League. But it's think, not an old G League; it's a new G League. Well, it's sponsored by Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get that, but I'll tell you what, that just seems counterproductive. Counterproductive, and that's not a five star decision. No. But what a five star decision is. <laughs> nice. Is, Good segue. Thank you. Is this show right here? We've got ourselves a five-star show, Cole, because our listeners have rated us that on iTunes. And speaking of iTunes, remember you can catch us on demand on iTunes and on TuneIn after our live broadcast. Please subscribe to us on whichever format you listen to us here on Blog Talk Radio. So yeah, leave a review too. Yeah, if you want to, leave a review. Let us know what you think. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, let us know how we're doing out there. You know, a little feedback. Nothing wrong with that. If you need less of coach and more of me, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's the rib shot? That's, that's <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, let's you know, let's we we we've got a couple guests coming on the show. Mm-hmm. You know. And but our first guest, Max Kroos, isn't gonna be on until thirty minutes after the hour. So we've got 25 minutes, Cole, to really break down this. What happened? What's with gone it? on yeah. in the NBA? We're going to talk about Chris Paul mm-hmm. with Max. But being that you're a Minnesota Timberwolves guy and MTG, oh. <laughs> we uh, I wanted to get your your thoughts on this. Let's let's get right into the right. Let's get right into the jump, as they say. This NBA discussion, mm-hmm. and let's start with the Timberwolves because you're a Timberwolves guy. Like mm-hmm. I said. And last week we talked about Jimmy Butler a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And Butler gets traded from Chicago to Minnesota. They send Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, something else, and not remember. And sure. what ended up being Lori Markkinen. Yeah, that's right. One of the greats so far. He's a sharp shooter. I heard. I bet. From yeah. Well. So they get those three guys right, and now they trade Ricky Rubio. To, to the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Because they trade Rubio that, you know, kind of rumors since Tibbs got there, Coach Tom Thibodeau, he didn't really like Rubio from the start, kind of what what I would was reading throughout this whole ordeal. And so he finally trades him away to Utah. And now the Timberwolves are bringing in a new point guard, mm-hmm. Jeff Teague, four-year, $57 million deal. So, in your mind, what does this really mean for the Timberwolves? And does Jeff Teague improve their play from the point guard position, in your opinion? Um, I don't think it's a downgrade. Okay. I, just, I don't think it's much of an upgrade, if yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, it's not 20 mil a year, which is good. I'm good on that. Right. Um, he's a better shooter. If you look at their career um, – percentages Mm -hmm. he's a much better shooter from everywhere on the court even on free throws just by a little bit but still right he doesn't 
average as many rebounds or assists, but he's a better scorer and a better shooter. What's up? Feedback. Oh, on my phone? Yep. Bingo. Done deal. I just threw my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think it's more of a lateral move than anything. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I think with the contract, now we're looking at Millsap, we're able to sign another guy, and mm-hmm. that way we can have just – was Teague on that team for the Hawks that they sent four guys to the All-Star game that one year? Pretty sure. Because then this is basically just going to be like All-Star East plus Cat and Wiggins, and that's – yeah, I'm okay with that. But I'm pretty sure he was on that team that went to – Corver. Yep. Howard. Right. One time all-star. Yep. That was the there year. There you go. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, that's weird that Jeff Teague was an all-star. He had a great year, apparently. I guess. What's but, what was that? What year was that? That was in 2014. 30 minutes a game. 46% from the field. 34% from three. He shot 86% from free throw line. Averaged seven assists, almost two steals, half a block, 15 mm. points a game. Yeah, that's really not overwhelming. I wonder if he got in because of injury. Was that... Probably that and the fact that they had – they won like 60-something games that yeah. year. So yeah. they had a pretty good team. So Yeah. But with everything that's going on with the Wolves, I don't, I don't hate it. We got – in the Rubio trade, we got a 2018, which is probably going to end up being moved to something else because it was protected for a lottery. Right. And I, I don't, and I think it was from OKC, and I don't see OKC unless both Paul George and Russ leave. I don't see OKC being in the lottery anytime soon. No. Well, they, and according to ESPN, that move from Rubio to Utah opened up $33 million in cap space Yeah, for the Wolves. Rubio had a pretty big – oh, by the way. Combined um, with Chris Dunn, I should say. Big fan of Rubio. Wish him well. He's been on the trade block basically since he came in yep. to Minnesota <laughs> after coming over. Yep. Um, probably the longest trade block tenure of anyone <laughs> in the NBA. I don't know who else – like who's been on the trade block as long as him now? Now that he's officially been traded, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't think of anyone really. Uh, Kevin Love probably. Yeah. What happens to these Minnesota guys? Everyone puts them on the trade block, no matter where they are. It's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, I think I'm, you know, Teague is is probably, well, for sure a better offensive player, as far as scoring goes. Yeah. I think Rubio's a better passer, but defender as well, I think, but. Well, Rubio, you know, it's kind of deceiving because I don't really know how great of a defender he is. He yes. plays the passing lanes extremely well, and he's he goes for the steal. But I don't know how great he is defensively. You've watched him a lot more than I have. So if you're saying he's a good defensive, uh, defender, then I'm going to go with listen, that. But... Listen to this stat real quick. Yeah. Chris Paul, Ricky Rubio, and John Stockton, the only players in NBA history to average eight-plus assists and two-plus steals for their career. There's a little stat for you. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's something I didn't know. Yeah, well. Take that for data. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're looking at a potential lineup here for Minnesota. 
of Teague, uh, Teague, Wiggins, Butler, uh, Dang, and Towns. That's that's, that's where right. we're at right now. Yeah. Now, the I'm rumors, not sure about Millsap. It sounds like he's out of the question from what I've read lately. Really? Really, yeah. We're going to get into Millsap later, but okay. from, from what I understand, it doesn't sound like he's going to come to Minnesota. So that's kind of where you're where they're at right now. Um, I think I think they're in a good spot. Now, here's the problem, Cole. They's in the West. Like, who do they knock out? And yeah, who who is this team going to be? Because Houston just got better. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about all this stuff. But Houston just got better. Oklahoma City just got better. Um, you know, Golden State is Golden State. You've got San Antonio still there. San Antonio, um, Portland is on the rise. You got all these teams. So it's going to be tough for, for Minnesota to really do anything, but they're in a good position now. And maybe this year isn't the year where they really, they go for it. Maybe next year they try to find another top free agent and, and we'll see. My brother asked me um, on the way up here who I thought Minnesota would, would take out. Yeah. And it kind of depends for me as far as what Hayward does in Utah. If he signs back with Utah, then that's still a tough um, right, tough out. And Ricky Rubio, I think, is going to do great in their system because they love to move the ball. And depending on what he does, Utah can definitely slip out. Portland, I think, could be who knows. I don't know. And then Clippers, if I don't know, does a yeah the Clippers, yeah. What are what are they? What are they? Does a Blake Griffin led team win fifty plus games? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough to for, to predict that. I think. I think that in the West this next year, you're going to have to get 50 to even get like a six seed. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Minnesota was in the JJ Redicon, I guess. That would have been awesome. You know, I'm a Duke you, guy. And you were talking about that, yeah. and and Snotty Drippin was on the show a couple weeks ago, said that that wasn't going to happen because of the salary cap, but. Since they traded Dunn and Rubio, they had the cap space to go out and get a guy like this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they had $23 million to give them because that's what the 76ers gave them. One year, $23 million to shoot three-pointers. He's going to get a lot of open looks. He's going to get a lot of open looks, and he said, trust the process. That's what he said. Had a boy, JJ. That's what he said, trust the process. He's in Philadelphia. I got to say, though, these contracts, I, I seen this deal. One year, $23 million. I mean, obviously, he's signing that deal. I don't care what team it's with. And but he's not a guy that, you know, relies on athletic ability for, for what he does on the court. He's a shooter. So, even if he got hurt or something, it's not really going to hurt his career unless it's his shooting arm or something, something crazy, elbow or something. Yeah, his elbow pops out. Yeah. So, <laughs> barring that, he's going to be in a good situation regardless if he, do, if he doesn't like the situation he's in with 76ers, he can hightail it out of there, cash his checks for $23 million, and there he goes. But, you know, that's exactly what 76ers needed. He yeah. was a three-point shooter. They got it. He joins uh, Embiid, and then Ben Simmons we're going to see this year. And then with Fultz, I think that's a pretty good lineup, actually. It's going to be interesting well, to see. They're young, and they're in the East. Yeah. I'll, I'll, bet, I'll guarantee you right now. I'm saying it right now. They're going to be in the playoffs. If they're healthy, they're in the playoffs. 100%. 100%. And Beat actually tweeted that out. He saw when George got traded, because then he got Butler, a top 12, top 15 player. And then George, same thing. Yeah. 
moved from the east to the west, and he tweeted out, playoff spots are opening up, he, 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 put a bunch of he's on there. Well, basically you've got Boston, uh, Cleveland, and Miami that I can think of. And Miami's Miami. They're not great. And I guess you can throw Milwaukee in there. They're going to be, oh, yeah, they're going to be in there. And what but, happens with Lowry? Right. We don't know where Lowry's going. And then that's it. I mean, you that's got the DeRozan in Toronto, but I mean, these teams aren't doing anything. No. I don't care if the Toronto's got PJ Tucker's gone. He just signed somewhere else. Houston. Houston. <clears throat> uh, yeah. And we'll talk about that later, but, but yeah. So, I mean, Philadelphia is going to be in there at this rate. Chicago might make the playoffs. Who knows? I, I mean, you know, you know it's going to be tough for a team that's trying to tank and still make the playoffs in the East. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, speaking of a, of a guy going from the East to the West, uh, big move. Yeah. This week. Uh, Paul George. Two day, I believe it was Thursday this went down. Uh, he no. go. Was it Friday? It was, yeah, it was Friday. It was, um, yeah, it was when okay. I was driving up. Yep, yep, yep. Friday. So, George gets traded. It was insane. From Indiana to the Oklahoma City Thunder. For Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. Yeah. And that's it. And that was it. No picks. Like, I have a lot of thoughts on this one, actually. Yeah. Because uh, talking to Snotty, he's on he's in the camp of, like, what's the point of giving up our picks, our assets? They love, to, they love their assets over there in Boston mm-hmm. for a one-year rental. Because this guy, I mean, even if he does go to – LA next year, like you just traded whoever for it. Right. So I'm kind of in that camp as far as Boston. If Boston ends up, let's say five years from now and the Eastern conference finals is their, their peak. And they just never really cash in on, on their assets with like a, a big player or their young guys don't develop into big time players. I think years from now, you're going to kind of look back at this summer, last summer, and maybe next summer, depending on what happens, as something that Ainge didn't do anything. He right. just sat on it right. the whole time. Because if this is what it took to get Paul George out of Indiana, there's so many other offers that are rumored that were better coming from Boston, coming from even the Lakers. And then I also read something that saying – um, or the Pritchard, the dude from uh, from Indiana, the GM or, or whatever he does there, he didn't want to give Paul George what he wanted. He didn't want to send him to L.A. Right. They could, I mean, on draft night, they, the rumor was Julius Randle and then two other first-rounders, and he's like, no. Right. And he sent him to Oklahoma City. So I guess if you want to send him to a shitty city, that would be a good one to Throw them to. Well, like you said, here's what I here's here's what I got a problem with. They could have got more right. than what they got. I mean, there was a deal that would have sent in the works that would have sent George to the Cavaliers for Kevin uh, and Kevin Love to the Nuggets, and then Gary Harris to Indiana. But you probably don't want to help out the Cavs if you're Pritchard. I guess, so I, I guess, guess that's, I, that's that's that him thinking that part. You know, the the return might not sound as great there, but it there was going to be a lot of draft picks involved. Yeah. So they could, you know. And then the Celtics, like you said, and, and, and they were offering three first-round picks and two starters. We're not sure who the two starters were. I, heard I assume Crowder. Crowder and probably uh, – Beverly. Or not Beverly, uh, uh, Bradley. Bradley, probably. Um, How is that? But 
I don't know where are these Celtics rumors coming from? Because if they're coming from Ainge, I think it's more of like, hey, why didn't you trade? You know, well, we had it on the table. They just didn't like it. Right. Who knows if they even had that on the table? Because how does Pritchard not take that deal? Exactly. And how does he not take that deal, first of all? If it is real. Right. Because that's just – if you're going to trade a guy like that, you're going to want – in my opinion, you're going to want something to look forward to in the future. And you get three first-round picks – you're going to set yourself up pretty well if you are going to be bad for a while. Yeah. But here's the thing, you know, I think especially in this day and age and what we're seeing right now with all these superstars joining up with other superstars, I think draft picks are becoming overrated because these, these kids are 18 years old. They're coming out of college. They're not even ready to go. I mean, honestly, these kids, most of them need another couple of years in college before they get to the pros because they're not even ready. They're not ready to play at a high level. And so you draft this kid, he needs another two, three years. You look at Andrew Wiggins, for example, he's still not as good as he's probably going to be by the time where he hits his peak. And he's been in the league for a while. You know, but, that, yeah, the thing with Wiggins, though, the, he gets a lot of hate. Like, he wasn't as great coming out, and I think that's why people yeah. hate on him. But he's averaging 23, 22 points a game, and he's, 22 years old. Right. Well, no, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, he's, he's a great player. I'm not saying he's not a good yeah. player, but I'm just saying. It took him a minute. The, yeah. And the, well, and that's just, that's, we can't, you know, everything we want, we want everything right now. So you draft this kid, he's 18 years old, like this Fultz kid, what we're going to see with him, uh, ball in, in LA. And then, you know, we're, all these kids that got drafted, they're not, they're not going to be superstars right out of the gate. It's 2K not, ruins a lot of it for people, I think. Probably. Because on 2K, I draft a Fultz every time. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> right away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just – so, I think, like, Ainge in these picks, he's sitting on all these picks. But out of all these picks he's already made, you know, these that he got from Brooklyn, now uh, they drafted uh, Tatum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, out of all – you know, all these other picks they have, Brown, um, these other guys, how many of them have panned out into superstars? None of them yet. So no. the jury's still out, but right. But there's no guarantee that these draft picks are going to get you anything as far as closer to a title because, yeah. so I don't know. I think I'm starting to become the believer that sometimes these picks are overrated a little bit. You know, I, you got to get a superstar in the NBA right now. And if you don't have one, you're not going to do nothing. It actually you need two. Now you need two and maybe three. I'll throw this out there. Yeah. With what you're saying, you need a superstar. <clears throat> But what about teams that know they're not going to get one? Like in Indiana, let's just get rid of our superstar because then we're just in purgatory where we're a lower student in the playoffs, not doing anything. Yeah. Why don't we get rid of all of our big-time talent mm-hmm. and then just sit and wait till the Warriors disband and then LeBron's not in Cleveland anymore? Okay, Here, what about this? Let's talk. Let's say you were you were a team like uh, okay, well Indiana would have been the perfect position. What I would do is let's do the math here. How long are the Warriors going to be in their prime? Let's say another four years. So forget a 2018 pick. I want your 2022 20, first round pick. I mean, is that out of the question? I mean, I that's that might be a pretty good strategy. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I think a team would be more willing to do that because that's, oh, wow, it's a long time from now. Yeah. The GM's thinking, I might not even be here. When, Probably uh, not. When that happens. 
I don't know. But, yeah, so Paul George goes to OKC. They might bring in Rudy Gay. They actually saved salary by trading Depot. Oh, Depot had one of the worst contracts ever. Oh, my ever. Lord. So they actually saved money by doing this. I, I think Paul George – well, I think they're going to hope that they can court Paul George into staying there with Russell Westbrook after this season. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's – But that's, Paul George, an L.A. guy. Right. Russ, an L.A. guy. Do they just, like – is this – is this the Lakers before they join the Lakers, basically? Right. This is, a, this is just a tryout. Like, if it works together. Well, yeah, I guess we could go to L.A. Right. That would well, be fun. Speaking of L.A., Blake Griffin mm-hmm. is going back or staying in L.A. And this was all over Twitter. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a shirt that the Los Angeles Clippers uh, office staff. Steve Ballmer probably more than anyone. Yeah. Wore during their late their last meeting with Blake Griffin seemed to have worked. I, I, I must've worked, but it's a shirt. It says pioneers and like graffiti writing. And then there's guys like Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King, Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, Abraham Lincoln, Albert Einstein, John F. Kennedy. And then you've got Griffin on the top. And then it says Clippers. And there's an LA in a weird font on there. I think the one that uh, who's this there. guy down here? I'm not sure. Is that I'm not sure. Oh, that, that's Michael Jackson. It is. Yep. You're right, Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson's on there too. I think the one that really drew him in there was JFK. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves and Kennedy and them. So they wear this shirt, and apparently it worked. Who's that other dude? That's um, Nelson Mandela. No, oh, no, no, oh, no. Who's Gandhi? Who's, that's Gandhi. Oh, that's Gandhi. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. It's glasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I guess it works. He's coming back. I'm trying to get – I don't have what the deal was in front of me here. Oh, uh, I got it. You got it? Yeah. He signed a big contract. He's going to stay – you know, out of all the guys that I thought the Clippers would want to move on from, I thought it was going to be Blake Griffin, and it's not. Um, Five-year, 173. Okay. So five-year, 173 for, for Griffin. I like this move because we've seen it where either Griffin is out or Chris Paul is out and the team looks better. So obviously yeah. with, with Chris Paul out, you put all your chips in with Blake yeah. and he can facilitate actually. Like he averages over six assists. Yeah. He can yeah. move the ball. Yeah. So he can be a pseudo point guard at 6'10", 250. You think so? Yes. Okay. I think you can do a a lesser version of what um, they did with James Harden. Obviously, he's not going to do James Harden numbers. Yeah. And he's not going to, like, bring the ball up or anything. Yeah. But you have all these other guards that they got in that trade. Um, Yeah. Lou Williams. They've got a lot of guards, actually. A ton. And so you can have anybody bring up the ball and then – from the wing, from the three-point line, you can do a lot of action off that with Blake Griffin as your ball handler from that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be pretty fun to watch. I don't know. It's definitely going to be different. It wasn't yeah. working, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. You put Jerry West comes over from Golden State because he's tired of Golden State because they suck and goes to the Clippers and immediately changes some things up. And people joke about it as far as what um, Doc Rivers would have done. Cause he said, just bring the band back together basically. And just throw the ball out there again, see what happens. Like, right. You had to do something else. Right. Doc. 
I don't even know if Doc's good, honestly. Because anybody could have won games with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. I don't know if Doc Rivers is good. And they did it with Garnett, Allen, Rondo, and Pierce. He's a terrible GM. Yeah. Well, like you said, something they, they, they're they already shaking things up, and it's going to yeah. be different. So we'll see where that goes. Okay, we were talking about Paul Millsap earlier. Apparently the Suns are out of the Paul Millsap sweepstakes. Last I read, so were the Timberwolves. But it sounds like it's going to be either the Nuggets or he's going to stay in Atlanta. Those are the last two teams that – seem to be reported as of right now for Paul Millsap. You know, it would have been interesting, and both locations are enticing. You know, you talk about Minnesota, because he would play alongside Carl Anthony Towns, and then you'd have Dane coming off the bench most likely. And so you've got another, you know, you've got pieces around him with Butler like we talked about. And then in Denver, though, it's the same thing, because they got Jokic in Denver. So He's underrated. He's way underrated, but it sounds like it's going to be either Denver or he's going to stick around in Atlanta. Well, I don't know why he would want to stay in Atlanta at this point because Teague's gone, Howard's gone. Uh, what else do they have? Dennis Schroeder. Okay, yeah, so <laughs> he needs to go. So, But, hey, maybe he likes Atlanta. Maybe he wants – it just seems to me – but here's the thing now. He's going to be going to the West if he signs either one of these deals. Yeah. He's going to the West. And so maybe he thinks, well, if I can get an incentive-lative contract with all-star selections and playoff appearances or something. I'm not going out West. Why? Yeah, because it's a guaranteed thing. I mean. Is he, he's a 100% all-star if he stays in Atlanta. Yeah. So um, I feel like he should go to Minnesota, personally. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, I, think, I, that, think that starting lineup, though. Yeah. Jeff Teague, Jimmy Butler, or Wiggins, depending on who you want to start at the two, doesn't really matter. And then, again, Jimmy Butler or Wiggins, Paul Millsap, and Cat. Yeah. That's a ridiculous starting five. And those guys are probably going to play 40 minutes a game because Tibbs loves to just grind his players down. Yeah, right. So you're going to get minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Don't even worry about minutes. Yeah. I. That's a – probably a – that's got to be a four seed. I'd think so. Oh, yeah. I, with Millsap, and then, okay, Dang off the bench. Who else do they have off the bench if, in that Absolutely scenario? Absolutely no one. Not nobody else. <laughs> that's, that's, we, that's, we don't have any bench whatsoever. <laughs> We've got Tyus Jones, okay. my boy from Duke. Tyus Jones. Yeah. You have nothing else off the bench, so you're going to have to, like, go searching for some mid-level exceptions. Um, something. We've got... Uh, you have Muhammad still? I think he... Because if they have Muhammad, I, that's not that's not terrible. I think he might. Um, I think he's restricted. Okay. So if if we didn't pick up on it, he yeah. might be unrestricted. But so the potential is there. I guess you got three guys there. You got uh, Jellica. Yeah. Um, I like him. So that's four guys. He's, he's so then if you pick shooter. up another veteran, and then you just fill up fill up the rest with a draft pick or two, whatever you got there, finishing up the roster. I think if. If Millsap were to sign, I think there'd be some older guys that would that would want to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag along. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. You want me to run through uh, some other moves real quick? Um, 
Yeah, you got to Yeah, I would touch on a couple real quick. Okay. So we got PJ Tucker agreed to a four-year, thirty-two million dollar with the Rockets. Yep. Good for him. Um, Andre Iguodala stayed yeah. in Golden State. I thought he was going to go to uh, San Antonio. That would have been awesome. That's a three-year, $45 million deal. Speaking of Golden State, Sean Livingston took a, a pay cut mm-hmm. to stay there. Three years, $24 million. So did David West. Right. David West took, took another veteran's minimum, which is like barely over a million or something like that. Um who didn't take a pay cut, your boy, Cristiano oh Felicio, four-year extension close to $32 million. Oh, my God. Look at his averages. He's great. 4.8 points, 4.7. <laughs> what you love to do is sign your third center, $32 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, i seen that. Oh, wow. Drew Holiday staying in New Orleans. And this is a reason, again, I get that Drew Holiday is better than Jeff Teague. Yeah. But Drew Holiday just signed for five-year 126. And that's not something that Minnesota needed in their point guard was that much money. Um, yeah. We'll see what Kyle Korver goes for because he was also rumored uh, for Minnesota. Yep. But they need a shooter. Yeah. Um, let's see. Amir Johnson signed with signed with the – 76ers for one year, $11 million. Jose Calderon, back up for Kyrie now in Cleveland for a year, $2.3 million. Joe Ingles, four-year, $52 million to stay in Utah. Really? Yeah. Joe Ingles, all right. Uh, Nene, um, not, yes. not signed. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about that. About Nene? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll leave that alone. Okay. Um. We'll also talk about Steph. Patty Mills, uh, four-year, 50 mil to stay in San Antonio. And then another one of your boys, Tony Snell. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, four-year? Yep, four-year, 46 million. Yeah, four-year, 46 million. So, got some moves there. John Will, John Wall, John Will. John Wall extended uh, for four years, 170 million. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rondo's out. Shoot, who's who's gonna sign that guy? That's he's probably on everyone's list. Yeah, he'll end up in New York. Well, oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Is he really? I don't know. I haven't seen that, but oh, okay. I wouldn't doubt it. And then look at this one though. Uh, Ju Key. Key. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about him too. Uh, okay. Yeah, but he yeah, signed with the Rockets. Two. Yeah, yeah, big boy. Big seven foot two Ju. That's what they. That's his nickname. That's what I just thought of. Yeah, I like it. Seven foot two Jew. You gotta get his t shirt with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, all kinds of deals happening. Yeah. A hundred and if I if I read that correct I think it was like a hundred hundred and two contracts. Dang. I think that's what it was. And the NHL was hundred and forty six. Hmm. So it could be yeah. The deals don't become official till the sixth. And that's when all the signs and the trades become officially official. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, and we months. talked about Golden State, yeah. and they're going to keep the band back together. Yeah. So apparently, LeBron James is a big fan of Steph Curry. I think he's trolling. Is that is? Do you I think, think that's so. what it is? Because think... he tweeted this uh, yesterday. He says, "So tell me again why there's a cap on how much a player should get." Don't answer that. 
Steph should be getting four hundred million this summer for five years. Because his worth is at four hundred million. Right. So. According to what though? I mean, how do they figure that out? I seen a thing on. It's, it's like a revenue thing. Yeah. Okay. So but I think he's a he's just trolling because I've heard stories and I've read things that like all he does is watch the Warriors. Like, okay. Like film on every like in yeah. the off season and then just like he'll watch them. He I think he watched every game this year. Really. Yeah. Like. Like, obviously not in real time, but, like, yeah. he'll rec- he's obsessed with the Warriors. And I think he's just trolling them, just, like, I don't know. But him and Draymond are actually friends. Not what? a lot of people know that. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah, they are. Um, but I don't know. I feel like he's just trolling them. Because I don't think he likes Steph whatsoever. Just from, I don't know. I, it's weird. Yeah. But, yeah. but if there wasn't a player cap... That would be pretty legit as far as, like, players getting their money. Because then you would get money for what you're actually worth. Right. And I'm all about people getting money. I'm cool yeah. with that. Well, we're, ma- we're waiting for Max Kroos, but we've got to move on with the show because it is time for our Twitter question of the week. So Twitter question of the week was, does acquiring Chris Paul make the Rockets a better team? And we had some votes flood in on that. 77% said yes, he makes the Rockets a better team. 23% said no. So overwhelmingly, the consensus is that the Rockets are a better team at this point. Um, We had some people weigh in. Friend of the show, Michael Hanich, M. Hanich 79, said, while Chris Paul makes them a dangerous team, the loss of the players and pick will hurt the Rockets as well. Clippers definitely benefited well. So he is a Clippers fan, as we know. And so he – and I, I agree with that. You know, especially uh, what I what – my first initial reaction of this deal was that, wow – I don't know if the Rockets are better now. I mean, honestly, that was my first initial reaction. And I'm kind of surprised that most people thought that uh, overwhelmingly 77% of people believe that they are better. And I guess I get it. But then uh, Jason338, Jason338 on Twitter, says it twice, if it was unclear whether Paul wanted out, then it would have been a great deal. However, this was not the case and therefore gave up too much. It was the case, actually, Jason. They, Chris Paul told um, the Clippers that he was leaving, and he gave them a heads up um, so they could get something in return. Right. So yep. it was a classy move by Chris Paul, actually, if, if you think about it. Yeah. Because he could have just left and not given him anything. Right. Uh, Jim Marquez, Marquez at Jimmy3507 says C, as in a, a third answer on the poll. Not enough basketballs. Well, well, Jimmy, if you think about it, uh, both these guys, um, James Harden and Chris Paul, average over 20 assists together. So they do like to pass the ball. I think there are enough basketballs. And 
Chris Paul, he's had a career year last year, actually, in spot-up shooting. And nothing better than the Rockets and a spot-up shooter. Yeah. I think it's great that Houston now has two of the four best point guards, and they can play literally one of them, like, at, at like throughout the whole game for 48 minutes. You can have an all-star point guard for 48 minutes. Right. And we saw last year in the playoffs with Russ, and we saw with James Harden, that you kind of get tired after a while, and you're always supposed to be the guy with the ball, always having to create by yourself. So now he's got Chris Paul to help him out with that. Well, I, don't I guess, see how this, I don't, yeah, I mean, okay, so they, they get Chris Paul, they traded Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, DeAndre Liggins. Didn't know they had him. Me, they just got him. Uh, Darun Hilliard, never even heard of that dude. He was a, he was a running back for the uh, for LSU. <laughs> Seriously? No. Okay. But there was a dude Sounded named like Hilliard. It. I remember Ike Hilliard, wide receiver. Oh, okay. uh, Kyle Whittiger. Don't know him. He was okay. from Gonzaga the other ah, when they were good. Yes. Okay. And then a top three protected 2018 first round pick. And of course, let's throw him some cash. Why not? Yeah. $661,000. The big thing for me is that top three protected pick because you never know how bad Houston could be. <laughs> top three protected Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, no one's going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they do give up a lot. I mean, yeah. they do. Um, Harrell was a pretty good contributor for them last year, and then Lou Williams was great down the stretch. Yeah, he's he's always a, a consistent scorer, if nothing else. And then Decker, he's coming into his own. He's still, you know, he's still young. About that injury, he looked he looked okay. Yeah, and then Beverly, of course, he's a great defender, and and he does some things well too. So I guess the Clippers aren't on this empty-handed, like you yeah. said. I mean. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I'm, you look at this whole list of guys, and it's like, wow, they gave up a lot to get this guy who's 33. I believe he'll be 33 Yeah. when the tough. season starts. So, you know, I don't know. But, not, you, like, you got to have another superstar. Yeah, it's not a bad pickup for the Clippers. Because those top four guys, Beverly, Decker, Williams, and Harrell, can definitely contribute Yeah. for basically any team yeah. besides the Warriors. Well, um, the problem they have is that they're in the Western Conference. Right. So I don't know. It doesn't look bad. But then you look at the Rockets. You still got Gordon coming off the bench. You still got yep. Anderson, a great spot-up shooter. Uh, I don't even know who their center is now. Oh, Capella. Yeah. Yep. Capella tweeted out that he um, – you know the uh, the Wilt Chamberlain picture where he has 100? Yeah. He photoshopped that and put lobs and put his face on it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so, he's I mean, gonna be getting a lot of love. Yeah. So off the top of my head, Chris Paul, Harden, who's it? Trevor Ariza. Yep. Anderson and yep. Capella. That's not yep. a bad starting five. Well, and then obviously. you've got uh, seven foot two Zhu. Yeah. Zhu. Coming off the bench, we don't. Uh, we have no idea what he can do. He could. He could be the second coming of Yao Ming. You ever think of that? I did initially because he, he's Asian. I would say I made that connection. Right. He's from um, China. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then Eric Gordon coming off the bench, so. Yeah, exactly. So, Sixth man of the year. Yeah. So, okay, you know, we want to touch base here with Max Cross of SB Nation. He's still not on the line with us, so hopefully we can we can touch base with him before the show's over. 
But, you know, I kind of wanted to go through this with him, but let's just do it together here, Cole. So I already took question number five. I didn't even know that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so, you know, here's what I, here's the biggest thing for me in this whole thing. Okay. You got Harden and you got Paul. They both like to have the basketball in their hands. You just kind of mentioned that it's good to have two guys that can do that. They are friends off the court. They enjoyed playing together on Team USA and then All-Star Games, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But we've heard in the past that Chris Paul is a guy who kind of likes to point fingers at people, blames other players, other teammates on his team, doesn't really take anything, you know, take any, any blame for himself. And he can be tough to get along with, reports have said. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But He seems like a dick. Okay. So from everything we've read, that's kind of yeah. what you get from Chris Paul. Yeah. So I guess the question is, is are these two going to have any trouble coexisting on the court? Because they've never played with each other before. They're, there's going to be a feeling out period, just like anything. I mean, with Wade yeah. and LeBron, we saw that feeling out period, you know. Um, and they're best friends. Yeah. I mean, so there's going to be that. But at the end of the game, or once they make the playoffs, you know, who's going to be the the guy at the very end? I, it, in my mind, I think it's Harden just because it has to be Harden. He's, he's the guy that scores. And he can, he can, I mean, Chris Paul is a great scorer himself, but I think Harden just, I don't know. I think it's still his team, obviously. Um, but as far as those two gelling, we've seen Chris Paul like have like little tantrums on the court yeah. at, at DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, specifically DeAndre Jordan. And, James Harden is a very laid back guy. Right. So the way that they gel, I don't, it'll be interesting. It will be. Um, the roster construction there is going to be, I, I like it. I mean, obviously they don't have as much depth as they had before, but again, we have seen that you're going to need a construction of two to three superstar players to really get anything done right now. Yeah. And so the thing is, is and here's the other thing I go back to. Neither one of these guys have won anything. Neither yeah. one of these guys have done anything. Once they've got to the playoffs, they haven't done anything. I mean, Chris Paul and the Clippers have been bounced every year. And then we thought Houston was going to make a run for it with against San Antonio. And then James Harden completely. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard in the elimination game didn't even play. And they got beat by 38. Yeah. How does that happen with a team that was that talented? No idea. That so that's that's a little scary as far as that if you're a Rockets fan. My thing too is the way that Houston plays, Paul's not gonna be able to just dribble a clock out like how he does it in uh in LA. Yeah. Gonna, they're gonna need to move the ball. He's gonna need to learn how to shoot quicker. Right. So Yeah. And then the, he, statistically he doesn't he's never played fast. Chris Paul. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, and then, yeah, that's going to be, what. yeah, what about that dynamic? Because he's not an up-tempo guy most of yeah. the time. And they are an up-tempo team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting there. And then the other thing about this is they offer Nene a four-year, $15 million deal. He accepts the deal. NBA comes down and says, not so fast, you can't do that. Because of this new rule restricts what teams can pay a player that will be 38 years of age. So I don't have the rule in front of me, and I was going to get an inside look at this for Max, but because that he was going to be 38 at some point in his extension, the NBA said, nope, you can't do that. And it's a brand-new rule that had just gone into effect that same day. Brand-new. If 
Nene was, I think it was 18 days younger, it wouldn't have applied. It sounds like ageism to me. I would sue. <laughs> can't do that. So <laughs> now they've pulled that back because obviously he can't sign the deal. They offered him a three-year, $10 million deal. But here's the thing. Nene didn't, didn't care about the years because there's no way he was going to play the four years. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was going to happen. So he sees $10 million versus $15 million because these are guaranteed. And that's, that's a lot less money. And so now he's not ready to sign. Well, nobody else can sign you for $15 million because of your age. Well, they he's, can, he's, but they just can't give him four years. Oh, See? I got you. So Houston took $5 million off. Because they took a year off. Right. Okay. And so now he's saying, no, we said 15 and now you're saying 10 and I'm not signing. We'll make it an even 12. If they, Yeah. I think he's a guy they're going to want because yeah. now they lose Harold. Right. So they're going to need another big. But again, they got six, seven foot two Zhao Zhu, Zhu Q, whatever his name is. Zhao, what is it? Zhao Q. Zhao Q. Zhao Q. Zhao Q. Ricky Jin. Jin Sanson. Francois. Ricky Jin Sanson. Yeah. But I feel like. A lot of these teams with all these these big threes, these superstar teams, like they're gonna just have older guys that just like a David West that signs for the veteran minimum. That's what I do on two K all the time and it works out great. Perfect. Works perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I so they're in a little bit of a pickle there. I hate pickles. Oh I love pickles. Oh, I hate pickles. Uh, I'd like to punch a guy in the face that come up with that. Hate him. I'm gonna shake his hand. Ugh. You put the they put the pickle on your on your thing on the side. That's okay. That's the worst. And it soaks into your fries. The whole fries are pickle juiced out. You can't even eat them. Hate that. Get out of here with that. And then you know what I have to do? I have to literally tell the waitress. I'll be like, please don't put any pickles on there. I'm allergic to them. That's the only way that you will guarantee yourself to not get pickle juiced out fries. You, you, know say, what, you know what? Say you're allergic. And then, I'm allergic to them. Yeah. And then you eat everything like, excuse me, miss. I think I'm not. Can I get a pickle? <laughs> <laughs> well, good. and then I, a couple of days ago, I mean, at lunch, and I said the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I get this, but please don't pickles. I'm allergic. And the waitress looked at me and says, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. She knew the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Well. Yeah, so that's what it's going to look like there in Houston, Lob City in Houston. Who are, let's see, let me just see who the rest of these free agents are. Let's see if there's any big names left. Calderon signed with Cleveland yesterday. Right. Um, just in case. Biggest I mean, name, that's a big name. The biggest, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, good luck, Warriors, because yeah. Calderon's in Cleveland. <laughs> um, I think the biggest free agent left is... Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty big. He's me. meeting with uh, Boston. Yeah, and he met with Miami, I believe. Yeah. And uh, Rudy Gobert. Did you see what he tweeted out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the emoji thing. Yeah. I, don't, I can't really understand what they're saying. He's saying that um, Boston Miami's was trash, trash, or Miami might have been trash. Someone yeah. is trash, and then the other one is shit. Okay. And then, and then the Jazz have are going to win the title, which is weird because they're not. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Oh, Gallinari. That's a big. That could. 
that can be huge. Minnesota always uh, signs them in 2K when I when I don't use them. Yeah, in my Gallinari would be a good fit in Minnesota. Gallinari would be a good fit anywhere. Where does really. Matt Barnes go? That's the question. Oof. Probably stays in uh, in Golden State. Yeah. That's what I don't end up in Chicago, probably. My thing was that yeah, probably. Look at all these free agents. Matt Barnes, Ian Clark, Kevin Durant, you're not gonna sign him. Andre Iguodala, James Michael McAdoo, JaVale McGee, Zaza, and David West. You needed all these other teams to like just get together and like, hey, we're gonna yeah. get rid of their entire bench. So it's just the four main guys and that's it. Right, and they haven't done that. Because Livingston took less money. Yeah. After basically his knee and his leg just fell apart. This was his one chance to get big money. Yeah. And he doesn't take it. And then Iguodala comes back. They're basically screwed. Yeah, like, they're set. Yeah. They're set. I mean, they're going to get older. But but still. C.J. Miles, underrated free yeah. agent. He's a good defender. Shoot the three. Um, J.J., my boy, got signed. Nick Young. Yeah. Swaggy P. There was rumors of him going to Golden State. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Tony Allen, Vince Carter, and Zach Randolph, all free agents from Memphis. Uh, there was talks early about Vince Carter going to Oklahoma City. Yep. His career there. Yeah. Um, Deion Waiters, he said he was going to get his money. So we'll see where he gets that from. Jason Terry and Michael Beasley. Whew. Uh, let's see. Derek Rose, your boy. Derek Rose. He's probably never going to get signed again. He's going to God, he's not going to Minnesota. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not happening. Yeah, he's going to be six man of the year. You know, I've said that many times. I would not mind him just coming off the bench. Hey, you're just going to come here and score. That's it. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to end up in New York again. But Rudy Gay, that's another one connected to Rudy Gay, Oklahoma City. We'll see. Because Cantor tweeted out a photo with Rudy Gay's nameplate on a locker. Yeah. Classic Cantor. He's the way Yeah, can't understand him, but yeah. Um, Serge, Serge Ibaka, and then Kyle Lowry. I haven't heard anything about him lately. Where is he going? Ever since Minnesota, his those ties went out. I haven't heard anything about Kyle Lowry. Me neither. And then George Hill again. I've heard San Antonio with that one. Yep. So I mean that would make sense. Yeah. I could see him going back to San Antonio. Okay. And, and that's pretty much that's it for it. like big names. Yeah. So there's still some guys left out there. Yeah. So I mean, still got some action. We, Go around. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Gordon Hayward and George Hill and these bigger bigger names. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on here, we talked a lot of NBA to start the show. Our worth of NBA starts the show. We were going to go a half hour. We went an hour. Nice. So finally moving on to the NBA talk. Mm-hmm. And Sports Illustrated, Greg Bishop, writer for Sports Illustrated, did a story recently here that has been published on Vince Young, former NFL quarterback. The, the piece kind of talked about his journey from when he was a kid. He told his teacher he wanted to be an NFL player for the Miami Dolphins. Goes through all, everything along the way to high school, to college, and then, you know, a guy at 34 who was given another shot in the CFL with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which we broke on the show, if I remember right. Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, think, I think we talked about that on the show we did. when it happened. Yeah. So – you know, in this story, and this is kind of why I want to throw this at you a little bit, because in this story, we learned that Vince Young and Jeff Fisher, former coach of Tennessee Titans, 
did not get along whatsoever. Hmm. And in fact, Cole, Fisher wanted the Titans to select Matt Leiner. But ownership there in, in Tennessee forced forced the hand there and said, nope, you're not getting Leiner. We are selecting Vince Young. And, A better choice, obviously. And according to Young and his family that they interviewed for the story, Fisher did everything he could to try to make him fail, which eventually led to his release from Tennessee. So what, what do you think about these allegations about your guy, Coach Fisher? Well, Jeff Fisher is, is a terrible coach. Everyone knows that. Definition of mediocre. <laughs> um, I forgot what else I saw. But there's something else that I saw about this interview. I feel like there's a lot of truth to it. Well, you know, some, when I first read some of this, I'm like, okay, this is a total pity parade here mm-hmm. i mean oh poor me because it goes on to talk about how he went bankrupt lost all of his money mm-hmm. and it's like you know what you did that to yourself because he goes on to say after he was with tennessee we know that he bounced around the league eagles bills packers browns all had preseason stints according to young he beat out the backup in every situation that he was in but he blames the fact that he had so many financial situations. He had lawsuits upon lawsuits against him for not paying certain debts that the teams didn't want to deal with any sort of off the field issue that may occur with young, that that's why he wasn't kept around. And, and you know, what's interesting about that is when he was with green Bay, I remember thinking, wow, this is pretty cool. Vince Young with Green Bay, he was going to be a backup Mm -hmm. because this was in between the time where they had like Tolzien, Matt Flynn in between there because Flynn had gone, I believe Flynn had gone to Seattle, signed a big contract there. So they didn't have Flynn. And then this was before they had Hundley and before they had uh, Tolzien really step in. And he looked good. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked really good. He's, he, I remember he rushed for a touchdown in the game. He threw the ball well. I thought he looked good, but he didn't make the team, and I was a little disappointed at the time. So, Lannister always keeps his debts. I know. Lannister always pays his debts. Game of Thrones reference. You said debts, so I had to say it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder how loud that's going to be. That's going to be loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think part of this is – Okay, dude, you dug your own grave. You gambled your money away, and you made all these bad investments, whatever. You lost all your money. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person, but at the same time, you can understand why some of these teams don't want that coming from – and we've seen it with Colin Kaepernick. They don't want any sort of distraction with the backup quarterback. It's pretty clear at this point that no matter what it is, good, bad, or otherwise, they want no publicity with the backup quarterback. Well, they don't want Kaepernick because they're racist. Be that as it may. But, yeah. So, and then he goes to the CFL, gets gets uh, a chance there, and then doesn't do well there and gets cut. Yeah. And so. If you can't do well in Canada, I mean. Yeah. And, I mean, I understand he's 34 at that time. And so, I mean, he's not probably not the same physical caliber that he was in the NFL. But, I mean, we can't – we're not going to sit here and call him a liar. And like you said, there's probably a lot of truth to this. And some of this, there probably is a lot of truth to it. I mean, 
his family said that they really wanted Vince to be selected by Houston because hometown kid mm. went to the University of Texas. They wanted him to be selected by the Houston, Texas. Didn't happen. He goes to Tennessee. And well, we can't forget that he was rookie of the year, pro yeah. bowler. And they went to the playoffs, I believe. They went to the playoffs, and I believe his starting record is, in the NFL was like 36-16, and 16, yeah. something like that. So, you know, you're going to look that up. Look that up. Yep. Look at what Vince Young's record is as a starter in the NFL because I'm, it's very, very good. And so you take all that into consideration, and this, this story has really, you know, brought a bunch of light back on this situation because he was – there was a – when he won, you know, made the national championship in that with Texas, and he just, you know, took the world by storm. He was such a popular figure. 31 and 19. 31 and 19 as a starter. Completed almost 58%. Mm-hmm. 46 mm. touchdowns and 51 interceptions. That's not that great. No. But the record is good. You play to win the game. That's right. Uh, let's see. Passer rating, 98.6 in his last season with Tennessee. So, I mean, that's pretty decent. And then he goes to Philadelphia. And you remember that? He said it's going to be a dream team or something like that. Yeah. A super team, he says. In a press conference, he gets a lot of flack for that. And then only gets to start three games. Goes one and two. And then basically his career is, is, is in the dumps after that. So, you know, I don't know. I think there probably is some truth to that. Fisher is a guy that, you know, different things have come out over the years from players and, and people close to the organizations that he's been with that he's not a guy that a lot of people get along with. Five game-winning drives as a, as a rookie. That's pretty good. That's Andrew Luck numbers. I mean, yeah, he had a great a great rookie season. And seven rushing touchdowns in his, in his rookie season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he played well. So I just want to touch on that because, you know, we talked about him when he went to Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. And and so, you know, it's just something that that struck. I I read the story, and then I I just thought, oh, let's let's get that on the show and talk about that because it's interesting. I know your love for Jeff Fisher. Yeah. So it just goes, goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. So absolutely. All right, that means it's time for a little hockey talk here on the Coach and Cole Show. And right now we're going to be joined by a friend of the show, Lyle Richardson of Specters Hockey, Hockey News, and Bleacher Report. How are you doing today, Lyle? Uh, I'm doing all right, guys. A little tired from a uh, combination of free agency and, of course, Canada Day up here, but uh, otherwise, That's okay. Right. Yeah, yep. I think uh, Cole's in the same boat here. He's uh, enjoying the holiday, and he's he had a rough uh, start this morning, but he, we're getting through it. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> well, it is Sunday morning anyway. I mean, regardless. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I can't hear him. <laughs> All right, Lyle. Well, let's get right into this. Let's talk about the New York Rangers and Kevin Shattenkirk. He accepted a four-year deal, uh, twenty-six point six million dollar contract. He's going to live out a childhood dream to play for his hometown, New York Rangers. There were some reports that he left some money on the deal. He could have played for some other t- clubs and, and made some more money. But what are your thoughts on this whole Kevin Shattenkirk deal with New York? 
Well, from a Rangers standpoint, uh, that you know they get the uh, the right-handed uh, puck-moving defenseman that uh, that they wanted. Uh, you know, the plan is to put him on the uh, the top pairing with Ryan McDonough. Um, you know, they they get him at I think a reasonable term, uh, four years instead of seven. I mean, usually when these uh, you know when you're you're when you're the top player in, in unrestricted free agency like Kevin Shattenkirk was, they usually tend to grab the maximum length for for a deal, which of course is seven years. But he agrees to four. Um, the cap hit, yeah, it's about six point six five million per season. Uh, that's pretty much around what most thought he was going to get between 6.5 and 7 was what he was expected to get. Um, you know, as I said, the term's reasonable, the dollars, well, I, I think he's, he's a little overpaid here, but you're right. I think he could have earned more if he'd gone elsewhere, but he wanted to, as you said, live out the childhood dream and the Rangers, uh, desperately wanted to have that, uh, as I said, that top, uh, right-handed shot uh, on their first pairing. So, uh, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen if it'll work out well for both sides, but uh, at least both both uh, feel that uh, that they've got themselves a good fit, both sides here. Yeah, and you know we've seen what Shattenkirk can do from the point, especially on the power play. He's a he's a he's a great offensive defenseman, and so I think New York looks at that and, like you said, they only get him for four years, and 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 versus a seven year deal at his age and and everything, I think it's a good fit. Okay, San San Jose Sharks. They signed Mark Edward Vlasic for eight years at a $7 million annual salary. They signed Martin Jones and Joe Thornton. So they're basically going to keep the band together there in San Jose. What, what does this mean for the Sharks? And, and they were kind of underwhelming last season after their great campaign the year before. They're not getting any younger here. So do you see them improving upon these moves? Or, or where do you, where, what do you, what's your, what do you, what is, what's your gauge here <laughs> with San Jose? What are we doing with this? <laughs> Do I know the way to San Jose? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I mean, well, what this is, is they're keeping their core together. I mean, they're only a year removed from going all the way to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, obviously this past season was it was a disappointment. There was so much uh, hype uh, because of that successful run they had a year ago. But, I mean, you look, look at I mean, uh, Vlasic and, and Jones – they are two of their most indispensable core players. They had to re-sign them. Uh, Jones's contract puts him, you know, that puts him right about between, I think, you know, I think between 10th and 15th overall on the pay scale for goaltenders. I mean, they didn't break the bank to keep him. Uh, Vlasic is one of the elite defensemen in the league. I mean, there's a reason Team Canada keeps picking him every, you know, every time he's available, be it for the World Cup, the Olympics, World Championships, whatever. He is that good. Um, you know, and, and that's going to put him on a pay scale comparable with, uh, you know, with, uh, Drew Doughty, uh, of the Los Angeles Kings. And I think he belongs there. I think he deserves to be there. He's, you know, he's, he's late twenties. Uh, yeah, it's a very long-term deal, but defensemen, you know, they tend to last longer, a little longer than say scoring forwards do or, or goaltenders. So, uh, you know, I think in the long run this is going to work out for them. But really, they didn't have much choice there. And with Joe Thornton, I mean, look, there was obviously mutual uh, intent, you know, to get something done. I mean, Thornton doesn't want to leave San Jose. He, you know, he'd prefer to retire a Shark. The Sharks would prefer, would prefer to keep him. Uh, yeah, his production was down last season, and he did suffer that knee injury uh, late in the season, which is going to be obviously uh, an area of concern going forward. But... You know, they wanted to get something done. He was looking for a three-year deal. Obviously, at his age, they couldn't go that far. But they was like, okay, look, one year, we'll give you 6.5 mil, 
full salary, no no bonuses, just here you go, the full shot. And evidently that was enough uh, to, to get this deal done. Now, just uh, as a quick side note here, it hasn't been officially reported or officially confirmed yet. There's been a lot of chatter that, that this deal is, is happening. Uh, from a variety of respected sources, but uh, maybe they're waiting to try and get uh, Patrick Marlowe's uh, situation hammered out. He's he's the only real notable left free agent they've got there in San Jose. Uh, there's some talk that maybe the Leafs are trying to make a pitch for him, but I think if he get if he gets a, a two-year deal, uh, something worthwhile to stay, I think he'll stay, and then they'll just announce them all together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there. They weren't going to let these guys walk. They had to make the they had to make these deals, and you know there were there was a lot of rumors swirling about Thornton. Did you really gauge any interest at all from other clubs, and and, and really see anything there with uh, a real chance that Thornton could have moved elsewhere than San Jose? Oh, there there was genuine interest. Uh, I would okay. say there must have been maybe up to a dozen teams that had various degrees of interest. I mean, the Los Angeles Kings were very interested in him. Uh, he's got ties with several uh, several uh, people in the uh, the Kings front office, including their new GM, uh, Rob Blake. They played together during Blake's playing career. Uh, you know, so there was some serious interest there. I, I, you know, I think the Montreal Canadiens might have looked at it. I think the New York Rangers may have considered it. Uh, there was talk maybe the Nashville Predators would take a look, but... At the end of the day, it's, you know, it's like I said, he wanted to stay. The Sharks wanted him to stay. It was just a matter of just finding the sweet spot, you know, contract-wise to make it happen. I think, you know, yeah, you can say, well, 6.5 mil, that's a lot of money for a 38-year-old center. But, uh, you know, he's still an elite playmaker. I mean, he still, uh, he still, you know, managed to get over 50 points last season, most of them through assists. But still, uh, you know, 50 points, nothing to sneeze at when you're a 38-year-old forward. And, um you know, it's only a one-year deal, so they're not on the hook for a long term. And if 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 Thornton is in decline, and if he doesn't perform well next season, well, then you can break clean with him at the end of next season. You know, and no hard feelings. You you know, you you made your pitch and you got him for a year. And if it doesn't work out, well, then you're not carrying a big contract much beyond next season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let, let's stay down there in, in the California area. The Anaheim Ducks re-signed Cam Fowler. He gets a contract that's comparable to that of St. Louis's Alex Petrangelo a few years back. And then they sign Ryan Miller. He'll take kind of that backup role for starter John Gibson. What are your thoughts on these moves for Anaheim? Well, I mean, Fowler, just like Vlasic uh, in San Jose, I mean, he is an indispensable player there for, for the uh, for the Ducks. I mean, the last two years especially, he really stepped up as their top defenseman and was the most, you know, just he, he's too invaluable to that blue line core. They couldn't afford to let him go. So you get him on an eight-year deal. Um, yeah, it's expensive, but, uh, you know, he's only 25. I mean, the deal kicks in, you know, next season, obviously. Uh, you know, he's still a year away. He was still a year away from unrestricted free agent eligibility, but they could sign him now. Uh, but, you know, the contract kicks in while he's 26. Uh, it'll expire when he's 34. You have him for, you know, the bulk of his prime years. It, it was a worthwhile deal. Um, you know, the Ducks, they're all in here. I mean, especially with that defense course. So they wanted to basically try and keep as much of that band intact as they could. I mean, they did lose a couple of guys to the expansion draft, but those were guys they could afford to lose. They couldn't afford to, to lose Fowler next year. And Ryan Miller, I mean, he's no longer an elite goaltender anymore, but 
you know, he, he'll fit in there well in a backup sort of mentor role for, for John Gibson. And, you know, now he, he'll be uh, close, to his, close to his home because his wife, of course, is, a, is an actress. So, uh, yeah, now, <laughs> now home games really are home games for him. So, uh, you know, I, I think that was a good move, uh, you know, as well for the Ducks, just to bring a bit more experience into the backup role there. Who's his wife? Uh, Noreen DeWolf. Oh, I know that Google lady. It. Cool. There you go. Yeah. Okay. At first there was silence. So I was like, okay, Google it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't know who these young actresses are. Yeah. Uh, the, the Predators lose James Neal to the expansion draft, and and they're looking to kind of ease the pain. They bring in Nick Benino from Pittsburgh. How does Benino help the Predators next year? Well, I mean, he, he, he will definitely uh, shore things up, uh, you know, on that checking line uh, depth at center. I mean, that's where he's best used is, uh, is on the, uh, the third line um, in that center role. Um, you know, I mean, let's face it, Ryan Johansson's got that, uh, you know, the top spot locked up there, and they've got uh, lots of other good young, young forwards in there. I also think, too, perhaps this, this move might be kind of insurance as well. Uh, in case Mike Fisher uh, decides to pack it in. Um, now, he's still uh, deciding, you know, what he's going to do. He hasn't made any, uh, you know, any firm plans yet. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, if he decides to retire, they would have been left scrambling to try and find a replacement for him there. Um, and, uh, you know, if you go and you, and you look at the Predators, uh, you know, with their lineup now, you know, Putting Benino in there in the third line spot, I mean, that will be a good fit there. Um, if Mike Fisher retires, perhaps you can bump him up into the second line, or maybe you uh, slide Colton Fishens up into that role. I mean, he he certainly played. He was an eye-opening revelation for them, if you will, uh, during the playoffs. So maybe he's ready to slide up into that role, and you can keep Benino there. So it gives them some flexibility there. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, losing James Neal, I mean, I, I – you know, he was more of a winger. I'm not sure if Benino is going to be able to quite fit that role because he was more along the power forward sort of line. But they bring in, you know, they, they shipped out uh, Colin Wilson. They bring in, uh, you know, bring back Scotty Hartnell. So maybe he can uh, kind of rejuvenate a little bit. Maybe get him, you know, maybe he can be good for 40, 45 points next season. So, uh, you know, overall, I mean, it was, uh, that was a good move. And as well, uh, you know, they brought in, uh, they acquired Alexei Emelin from, uh, from Vegas uh, yesterday. I mean, yeah. some folks assumed, yeah, some folks assumed that that move was maybe them uh, gearing up to go, after, uh, to go after Matt Duchesne from Colorado. But most of the, the chatter I've heard from the pundits on this one is that, no, no, Emelin is going to be on their third defense pair. So they're going to have one hell of a defense pair, one hell of a defense core there uh, because you've got Ellis, you know, Josie, Subban, and Ekholm, Matthias Ekholm, and now you've got Emelin you know, on the third pairing there. So uh, obviously David Poyle's all in. Um, you, I suppose you can't discount the possibility. Maybe he'll go after somebody like Matt Duchesne, but I, I think the Benino signing takes them out of the market for that. Yeah, and like you said, that, that those defensive pairings are, are impressive. The Predators, we saw what they could do uh, with their great run this postseason and, and how valuable those defensive men are for them. Uh, another high-profile free agent that, that, that got signed, uh, Justin Williams signs with Carolina Hurricanes, two years, $4.5 million. Um, per um, 35 years old for Williams. He, he returns to the team where he won his first Stanley Cup in 2006. 
Carolina says they're sick of missing the playoffs. Do you think this is a move that helps them get closer to the postseason? Oh, I don't think it hurts. Uh, you know, I mean, Williams, uh, yes, he's 35, but, you know, uh, he's still an effective uh, second-line winger. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's coming off two 40-plus uh, point seasons that he had with Washington. Um, you know, I think he can be a good fit in there, um, you know, with uh, – with the Hurricanes, I mean, they did need a bit of a bit of an offensive boost. I mean, now they needed it more at center. I, you know, that's why I still wouldn't dismiss the possibility that maybe they might go after somebody like Matt Duchesne. Just food for thought as I deviate slightly, but uh, you know, I think Williams is, uh, yeah, he's he's going to bring in some some invaluable leadership and experience. Uh, you know, Ronnie Francis and Rob Brindamore, the, uh, the assistant coach, they think the world of this guy. I mean, they played alongside him. They think the world of him. So. I think he's coming into a good situation there, and maybe with you know if he has another forty you know forty point season combined with his experience and leadership, I mean you know yeah maybe he can uh, be that you know an important cog that that can help them finally reach the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a good step in the right direction, like you said. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks because they were much more active than a lot of people thought they were yesterday. Uh, they signed forward Sam Gagner, three years, $3.1 million. And then, and then defenseman Michael Del Zotto. And, you know, between those two players, you know, Gagner gives them a 50-point bounce-back performance last year, really really has a great year last year for the Blue Jackets, earn, earns him this big raise. Uh, Del Zotto takes a bit of a pay cut for two seasons in Vancouver. But, but what do you think of these, these moves that the Canucks have made uh, and, and after their busy day one of free agency? Well, I mean, it's no secret that the Canucks are trying to rebuild, you know, here getting more of their younger players into the roster. Uh, they've embraced more of a full rebuild uh, this year compared to previous years where they were just trying to transition. Um, you know, I, I think some Canucks fans may be, you know, maybe looking at these moves and think, well, hey, I thought you were doing a full rebuild. Why are you bringing these guys in? But, you know, a guy like Gagne, I mean, first of all, he's only 27 years old. Um, he's got 10 NHL seasons under his belt. And he's reached the 40-point plateau, 40, you know, uh, seven of those 10 seasons, including last year when he got a career-high 50 points. Um, you know, so you bring him in there, he gives you some versatility. He can play center, but he's, he's stronger on uh, playing uh, at left wing. Um, and he can help, uh, you know, the Canucks with their scoring because they were among the lowest scoring teams in the league last year. So you, anytime you bring in a guy that can regularly chip in 40, 45 points, that's going to help. Uh, Delzato, I mean, he's a good puck-moving defenseman. Uh, you know, he's he's not uh, going to uh, going to reach uh, you know 30 or 40 points, but uh, you know, he's a good addition to put in there. Basically, these are two veteran additions that are going to be sort of like transition players. They're going to be there to help take some of the burden off these younger players that they're bringing in to give those kids a little more time to develop. So, you know what I mean? You don't want to go and put too much weight on these kids too soon. You need to yeah. have you know some good veteran guys, yeah, exactly, who can come in and who can uh, help carry that load while your kids develop until they are ready to take over full-time. So uh, they're affordable deals. Um, you know, even with Gagne getting uh, over three mil a season, again, considering he made only 650000 on a one-year deal last year, but both of these moves are, are, are reasonable. They're not going to break the bank. They're only for the short term, and, and I, I consider them, you know, good transition additions here for the, for the Canucks while they continue their rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, a lot of players returned to their former teams, and Patrick Sharp is another guy who did the same. 
you know, the, the, the Blackhawks traded away Panarin. A lot of the fan base was upset about that move, but they bring back a former fan favorite and sharp still help the Blackhawks at 35 or are his better days behind him? I think his better days are behind him. Um, I mean, granted, he's, you know, he, he's only a year removed from, uh, you know, from having, uh, I believe it was 20 goals and over 50 points again, uh, um, you know, with, uh, with Dallas, his first season, there were 40 points. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, he uh, struggled through injury, through concussion, and I believe he had a hip injury last year. And, uh, you know, it, it, it did adversely affect his play. Now, you know, if, he's, if he makes a full recovery here in the off season, I mean, he's going back to a team, obviously, he's very, everybody's very familiar with him there. So, I mean, he, he could be a good fit to slide right back in there again. But, um, you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I, you know, listen, don't expect too much from Sharp. Um, you know, maybe he'll be able to regain uh, some of that, that offensive form that he had, uh, you know, it certainly couldn't help. I mean, listen, it's an affordable addition. It's a bonus-laden thing. It's the 800k uh, base salary with another 200,000 in, in bonuses. So it's it's not a bank breaker for them. But yeah, I, I get the sense his best years are behind him. And uh, you know, just just don't get your hopes up too high for him, Blackhawks fans. Yeah, uh, another Central Division rival for the Blackhawks here, St. Louis Blues, they were pretty quiet after major rumors of them kind of bolstering their roster with some more scoring. They didn't really do that, and they didn't re-sign AHL MVP Kenny Agostino. Any word on what happened there and why the Blues remained relatively quiet so far? Well, I I just think uh, that Doug Armstrong didn't want to get in there and uh, start, uh, you know, doing very much free spending. And let's not forget a week ago at the NHL draft, I mean, he, he acquired uh, Braden Shen uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, you know, Shen, he's uh, a versatile forward. He, he can play center or on left wing. Uh, he's coming off uh, two consecutive 50-plus uh, point seasons. So there was kind of that boost to, that score, to their scoring that they needed was, was getting Shen. So they really didn't need to go out uh, and, make, uh, you know, uh, and make a pitch for any of the more expensive guys. Now, that being said, I mean, I wouldn't fully dismiss the, uh, the possibility that uh, Armstrong might go out there and, and see if he can bring in, say, uh, you know, a, a, a more affordable uh, you know, depth forward. But uh, let's not forget too. He's also got to resign uh, Colton Pareko. Um, he's their, you know, their 24-year-old defenseman. Yeah, he's he's just coming off his sophomore season. He's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. He's going to be getting a big race, and they've got about uh, looking at it here. Uh, they have about 8.5 mil in available cap space, and you can bet I would say probably over half of that is going to be eaten up here uh, with Pareko's uh, contract. They, maybe they might try and go a little cheap and, and try and sign him to a bridge deal, but I really don't think that you, you can't really do a you can't really bridge a guy uh, who's got uh, arbitration rights. Doesn't work that way, and he's going to be an invaluable part of their future going forward. So I expect he'll probably get something between four and five mil a season. Um, and yeah, that'll lead up a good, a good portion of that, you know, remaining eight and a half million cap space. So that explains why the blues stay pretty quiet. Yeah. And with, and, and with good reason, uh, he's a, he's definitely a defenseman that they need to, uh, to stick around there in St. Louis. Um, one more before we let you go here, Lyle, any word on Ilya Kovalchuk? I mean, there was a lot of rumors swirling around about all these different destinations for him. We've heard a little bit about he could possibly stay in the KHL. What's the latest that you've heard? 
Well, he's definitely keeping his options open. I mean, yes, he did talk to uh, his uh, his uh, KHL club, St. Petersburg, um, last week. But, uh, you know, he still uh, remains interested in, in return to the NHL. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets were believed very interested in him. Um, you know, now whether that comes about or not remains to be seen. Remember, if he does come back, uh, it's basically going to be in a sign-and-trade scenario because the New Jersey Devils still own his rights. So the Devils would sign him to a new contract and then immediately, once the ink is dry on it, trade him to, uh, to, uh, to uh, the team of his choice. Um, you know, there's not that many clubs really that, uh, that, that, you know, I mean, well, there were quite a few initially that were pursuing him, but uh, now that, you know, we've, we've reached a free agency and the draft has passed and all of that. Uh, the numbers shrunk considerably, but the Blue Jackets are very interested. They're among uh, a, a small handful of clubs left there, and uh, it, it sounds the latest word that I heard is it sounds like Monday at the earliest he'll make his decision if he's coming back uh, or, or if he's going to stay in the KHL for another year. Okay, so we could find out as soon as tomorrow. He's Lyle Richardson of Specters Hockey, Bleacher Report, and the Hockey News. Make sure you're following him on Twitter to keep up on all the latest NHL stuff. He's at Specters Hockey. And, and Lyle, thank you again for coming on and enjoy the rest of NHL free agency. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. Absolutely. Have a good one. I lost it once you fumbled on that question. Yeah. That I, was a. Uh, that was a, a Ricky Jean Francois moment. I mean, it was worse than that. You're gonna need to take that and make a soundbite of that because that was. <laughs> I lost it. I had, to, I had to walk away. I couldn't. Yeah. I... <laughs> could you? Could you? Could you? Could you? Could, where do you... <laughs> and Lyle's probably going, "Oh my God, who am I talking to right now? This, this guy." Oh, that was great. You can't even spit out the question here. Uh, and then the, the couple after that, I had trouble with just because, like, just because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get through it, but yeah. he, he was a good sport about it. He didn't make fun of me too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, anyways, it, like I said, 146 free agents were signed yesterday. Uh, it's not over in the NHL. There's still some, some big names out there. Kovalchuk is one that everybody wants to know what's going to happen with him. Is and, Yamir Yager going to get signed by anyone? That's, you know, that's another one because, and I was going to mention that, but we, we just didn't have enough time to fit all that in with Lyle. And, and Yager is a guy who I think he's 46 years old and he still played pretty darn well last year, but not one offer yet. So yeah. um, hmm. we reached out to Yamir, tried to get him on the show this week, but to no avail. Well, maybe he, maybe the, the problem is his phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe he is getting offers, but he just, He's not getting them. <laughs> That's got to be it. It's his phone. Yeah. It's got to be your phone. <laughs> Wait, it, it has to be your bowl. <laughs> well, yeah. So make sure you're following Lyle Richardson at Specters Hockey. Um, he's up on top of all this stuff. He, he's got articles that are pumped out, live updated articles with all the news, everything you need to know. And he's a guy who cites his sources. He's not going to just go out there, ramble on and, and, and say this stuff without any, anything to back it up on. So he's a, He's the man for the job if you're looking to find out about what's going on in the world of the NHL. Uh, that's why we keep bringing him on the show because he knows his stuff. So moving on, Cole, we're, we're coming down to the end of the show, and, you know, that means that it's time for one of the final two segments, and that's Coach's Corner. 
We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. The second half we sucked. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Okay. If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. What next? You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's right. Coach's Corner. July 2nd. And something I came across here uh, that was written on NBC the other day. Kansas City Chiefs and head coach Andy Reid have agreed on a new five-year contract. If the 59-year-old Reid, Cole, coaches for five more years, and he's somehow able to win 11 games per season, he would move into fifth place all time in career wins. He's currently tied with the man of the hour, Jeff Fisher, for 11th on their career wins list. He's got 173 of them. He needs 13 wins to tie Chuck Knox to move into 10th, and if he won 55 more games, He'd have 228 career wins, which would put him fifth all-time behind only Don Shula, George Hallis, Tom Landry, and the sweatshirt, Bill Belichick. The hoodie. Where's the hood? Yeah, the hoodie. Jeff Fisher sucks. He's got 165 losses and not a winning record in the playoffs. Suck it, Jeff Fisher. Wow. Strong words there from Cole about Jeff Fisher. Yeah. (laughs) so i guess that these kind of the fact that reed would be fifth all time would put him into some sort of you know good company there yeah top five and crazy to think it it is crazy and i guess that kind of puts him into the hall of fame consideration yeah even without a super bowl win i guess Fans, for the most part, think he's one of the best coaches that doesn't have a ring. I don't, you know, I guess several coaches have made it to the hall without winning a Super Bowl. You know, George Allen, Bud Grant, super, uh, superior native, where we're both from, Bud Grant, Marv mm-hmm. Levy. So I guess with five more years and a resume like his, I mean, he's the best coach ever after the bye week. We know that. So... I don't know. I just don't know if Andy Reid is a Hall of Famer. A mustache, though. Hall of Fame mustache. Yeah. No doubt about that. That's right in Ryan Fitzpatrick category as far as the facial hair goes. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't know if you know this. Yeah. He went to Harvard. Didn't know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that about Andy Reid. You know, it's just not something you think about with him. Because he really hasn't had a lot of success. He hasn't a regular season. He's had he's coached several decent teams there in Philadelphia. And then, of course, Kansas City last year. They are very close to making a nice run of things. And then Alex Smith happened. They just needed a quarterback that can throw the ball. And they also – Andy Reid, one knock on him, if I'm going to be a negative Nancy about it, yeah. has no idea how to use his timeouts or challenges. 
Yeah, no, he's terrible. I think he's got one of the worst challenge records. He's, his game management is is horrendous. Let me look it up real quick. I think he's got one of the worst challenge records. You're gonna, we're gonna get this. I don't know if that would be in there. It is. Oh. Uh, so he's thrown 104. Okay. And he's won 49 of them. So he's under 50 percent. Yeah. He's I don't. I don't know what's good. one year. I think anything over 50% would be good. Right. Okay. I would assume. Yeah, 2003 was 3 and 5. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. Look at, look at this. 2005, he was 1 and 7. Then he was 1 and 3, 1 and 3. Yeah. 0 for 5. Yeah. Yeah, he's not good with the challenge flag. So, yeah. Andy Reid. Oh, and for comparison, for because uh, he's tied with Jeff Fisher right now for wins with 173. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid only has 114 losses um, compared to 165 for. So there you part go. Part face over there. For part face. I was going to say the F word, but oh, way to clean that up. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, Jeff Fisher looks like people fart on his face, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Kevin Durant is into that. Really? Yeah. Farting on his face? Apparently. The girl tweeted it. And I believe it. If it's on Twitter. Yeah. Well, you know what, Cole? Mm. It's time. Mm. It is time for every woman's favorite segment of the Coach and Cole Show. Bring it. Questions for Cole. Asking all the questions. All right, July 2nd. Not quite July 4th, your favorite holiday. That is my favorite holiday. I've said that on the show before. On questions before. But it's July 2nd. Special Sunday edition of the Coach and Coach Show. We're going to ask you five questions. Everybody knows how this goes right now. Number one. Said it. Fourth of July is coming up. What's your favorite Fourth of July food? Hmm. Well, my favorite food is hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Does that count as a Fourth of July? Food? I think so. It's a grill, grill related. Any, yeah, anything that you grill out. Anything. Yeah. I'd have to go hamburgers, but hamburgers is my favorite food regardless. Okay. I'm gonna go second. Yeah. Second tier. Yeah. We're down um, here in the Joe Flacco range. Well, is I think Joe Flacco's elite. Pretty sure. <laughs> He's got a ring. Um. Fourth of July food that is strictly just for Fourth of July. Yeah. Is he going to bring out like potato salad? I don't know. I'm not a big fan no. of potato, potato salad. I stick to my guns yeah. regardless of the season, really. Me too. Yeah. Screw it. I'm going hamburger. Okay. Yeah. Hamburger. Yeah. You are, uh, what's that guy? I'm glad you pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> I don't know where that's from, but I've heard it. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Wimpy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got Take that for data. From Popeye. Yeah. Okay. Number two. How long do you think Ice Cube's big three league lasts? Is this a flash in the pan, or is this going to be a league that's around for years to come? I think I think it could be a, a big thing because you've got all these other players that are – either retired or are so active that like are watching these games. Like they go to the games they're attending. And I think Paul Pierce said something about him wanting to play. 
and he's trying to get Kobe to play. That mm-hmm. would be huge, obviously. Well, yeah. And then with the Olympics being now having a three-on-three, I think it's just the timing of it makes okay. sense. So, yeah, now here's the question. But they're so old, and, they're, and they about, die so quick. Yeah. Well, yeah well, like okay, the first the game, got, Jason Williams got hurt. Half the team – I'm pretty sure every team has someone that's hurt now. Yeah. Pretty sure. And that's the problem you're going to have. What do they expect with these old guys? Yeah. So, But it's only a half-court game. So the question becomes, like, this is – quote-unquote professional basketball league. Mm-hmm. So will we see guys who at some point don't get drafted in the NBA decide to go to the BI, to the big three? Mm-hmm. You know? No. It's, it's interesting. But also – So uh, you think it's going to be like a feeder for guys to retire? And Terrell Owens and Randy Moss both um, said they were interested. And Terrell Owens, we see good ball he, he can play. Yeah. And, I mean, Randy Moss played with Jason Williams. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. So, obviously, he knows how to play. Play with Jason Williams, you know how to play. Right. Jason Williams doesn't play with any scrubs. No, never. Mm-mm. Okay. So, I don't know. So, what's your answer to that question? Yeah, though? yeah. You think it's going to last? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how long, but yeah. it's not going to just be like a, a two, three-year thing. Okay. Um, Number three. Little fantasy football question. We're gearing up. We're gearing up for fantasy football. That's around the corner. And so will our fantasy edition of the show mm-hmm. coming soon. Fantasy See, football edition, because like, correct. We're not just talking about like fantasies. No. No. Be, that, that's a different show. We have a, we have different a fantasy genre. show yeah. <laughs> coming out soon. <laughs> um, okay, number three. If you if you have the number one overall pick in your fantasy football draft, which you've been in that position before, I have. Who are you selecting this season? Are we talking about our league? Because our nope. league, I'm talking every league in the world. Okay. And 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 I mean, let's just say standard, just for the just for the sake of the question. We uh, have the number one pick. Are you selecting David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott? Maybe you're going Antonio Brown. I'm going Le'Veon. You're going Le'Veon. Yeah. And okay. then I would go David Johnson, and then I would go uh, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> He's good, right? Oh my gosh! No, Adrian then, Peterson. What button you hitting? Nothing. Okay. Mm-mm. Um, I would probably pick Zeke third, and then that'll be my top three. So sure. it's Bell, Johnson, Zeke. Yeah. Okay. So I just recently came out with my rankings on Fantasy Forecast for running backs, mm-hmm. and number one was David Johnson for me. The only reason I set I and Bell was close, and so was Elliott. The three of them are very close in my rankings, but mm-hmm. the reason I went with Johnson was just based upon the fact that Bell is always hurt. Yeah. You know, so I think if Bell wasn't hurt all the time, I think I would go well, with Bell. What do you think about, so about Johnson coming off his knee injury, even though he looks ridiculously... I think he's fine. Yeah. He, he he didn't even miss any time. Well, he missed that. He, didn't, he, he, he played every game. But yeah, he, he got hurt. But yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, I think, what was it like... Three months ago, yeah, you know, jumping out of pools, yeah, just straight up, just that was insane. Here's and he, here's the other thing, Palmer can't hardly throw the ball twenty yards down the field, so he's gonna just benefit from screens and checkdowns all day long. Yeah, he's gonna just be a monster reception. So PPR league, you have to take him. Oh, but Bell Bell's good in PPR too. Consider this: Roethlisberger might retire, might retire halfway through the season. You never know with Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> like anybody thought that was gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if Elliott 
got, you know, caught more passes out of the backfield, I would take him. Yeah. I think he probably leads the league in rushing because they have the best offensive line, but I don't think he's going to lead the league in fantasy points. Gotcha. So, okay, you would go with Bell. Very good. Number four, we've – this has been in the news a little bit because Rob Gronkowski has created a logo for his new brand who is supposedly going to be selling exercise equipment and clothing apparel. And if you've seen the logo, it's very similar to Michael Jordan's logo. Mm -hmm. Now it's obviously a different sport and a different movement. However, it's very similar to the fact that one arm's in the air, legs are spread out, and it looks very similar to the shape of Michael Jordan's logo. So in your opinion, does Nike have a case because they are pursuing action against Gronkowski and his his brand, wanting them to change the logo because it's too similar to Jordan logo? Well, when I saw it, I, I thought it looked very similar. Me too. I'm sure they do have a case in that way. Yeah. Um. I mean, it looks pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, almost. Yeah. So I think they do. I think they're gonna they're gonna have to change it. Uh, now here's the thing, though. Like, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So if they end up like going to court over this, is a judge in a court of law gonna say it's not the same, but it looks close enough to it? I mean, because like, it reminds me of um, the Nike logo, and if you like the cigarette company Newport. Have you ever seen that where it's literally the Nike logo flipped upside down? That's their logo. Oh. But it's been that way for quite a while. Newport News. <laughs> so I just wonder if they – because – Oh, so you're saying flip the Gronk thing upside down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> spike it into the air, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, he's spiking a football on the logo. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I agree. I think they got a case because I think it's very similar – I don't know if they were trying to do that. I think they were. You do, do you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, number five and the last question for Cole on June, July 2nd. Dude, that would be terrible on June 2nd. We, and again, this is the last question on this episode. So I got to ask you, at this point, are you still feeling drunk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> No. Any ill effects from last night? My head still hurts. Okay. But uh, my body feels fine. I'm I'm not drinking. It's an R. Kelly song? Yeah. <laughs> your body feels fine, but your head's, your Ooh. mind's telling you no. That melody. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, I don't feel like I'm going to throw up anymore. That's good. Yeah. I just, I kind of have a headache. Yeah. I think if I get some liquids in me, some uh, non-alcoholic liquids in me, right? Some more, I'll be, I'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not, you're not going to continue the festivities today. Yeah. I mean, I'll be out there. You're going to be out there, but you're not going to keep pounding them back today. Maybe. This is what happened. Oh, okay. This is what happened. Yeah. So I'm drinking beer. Yeah. And not, not feeling it. I'm not feeling festive enough. Oh, okay. So I'm like, hey, I need to get into that brown liquor oh yeah and i i drank it too quick and i drank a few of them way too quick yeah. and i just i just hit a freaking wall yeah just hit you like a ton of bricks yeah it all hit me all at once yeah so 
That's how it goes. Yeah. Well, hey, I also sent out some uh, some texts. I read uh-huh. texts and some Thanks. messages uh, this morning. Nothing, nothing crazy though. And Ricky they all Jin came back positive. Jean Francois. Like, like the answer, the response right, you got right. were none of them were negative. Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't send anything out crazy like that. Yeah. But I. I looked at my phone. I had some messages like, "Oh, I don't remember talking to you." Yeah. But apparently, I did. Yeah. You know me. Like, I'll, oh yeah. I, I drunk you. text. I know you. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I drunk text with the best of them. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, it's uh, July second. Two more days. Can't wait. Until Fourth of July. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait, Bart Scott. Can't wait. Oh, there's our go-home cue. Oh, they're, they're getting us off the stage, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they're telling us to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Ended it early. Yeah. We had a good show. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to touch base with Max Gross, but that's all right. Maybe in the future. I'm not sure no. what happened. Maybe not. Yeah. We did touch base with our friend Lyle Richardson from Hockey News Bleacher Report. And, of course, his website, Spectres Hockey. Talking all about the NHL free moves. There's more of that coming in the NBA and the NHL. We'll keep you posted on our Twitter feed at Coach and Cole. Yeah. This has been the Coach and Cole Show. I'm the coach. And I'm hungover. <laughs>